It was the dawn of the podcast age, 12 years before the Earth pandemic. A dream was given form, a place where science fiction and fantasy readers could work out their differences peacefully. Our last best hope for a good read. The name of the podcast is Sword and Laser. Go to patreon.com slash sword and laser to pledge support. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Tom Merritt. I'm Rod Simmons. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Rod, thank you uh, for joining us once again. Uh, Veronica appreciates it, I know, as she's still off on maternity leave. And you've brought friends. I did. I get I get to bring the cast of clowns I have with me, so... Um, we do a show every Wednesday night. Uh, actually, we're going to be recording right after this. Go figure. Uh, but I have with me Rob Dunwood, who if people are listening to the Daily Tech News show, they probably have seen him on there on Fridays, I believe he comes on with you guys. Yeah, And Chris regularly. Ashley has been on uh, the Daily Tech News show as well, I believe. So they both came uh, to join in. Rob read the book. Chris, eh, not so much. He's waiting for the short story. <laughs> I'm not a book reader, but I'm hanging out with my peoples, though. And I'm going to see if you guys can convince me to read the book. I'm just going to tell you up front, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Rob, you, you did read the book. I did read the book. Okay. I did read the book. And I, I enjoyed the book. And, so we've, uh, got, uh, we've got three people who read the book and Chris. You got it. All right. So we'll be talking about the folded a little bit. Uh, th- this is the, the, uh, the host of the SMR podcast. So it's the SMR and laser podcast, essentially. Uh, today. Uh, we do often start our show with what are we drinking? Uh, I've been drinking the little mini Coca-Colas so that I, I don't feel bad drinking the sugar ones instead of the sugar-free ones because <laughs> they're, they're small. And I promise I don't just drink six of them. I, I just I just drink the one. What have you been drinking, Rod? Um, so I know last show I was doing the San Pellegrino that was, uh, I think it was... Um, blood orange and my wife went out and she's like you did you try the new ones that i got and i'm like i I like the one i had but um she got me tangerine and uh wild strawberry so i'm trying that one out now it's not as good as the blood orange but uh it's quite good okay so it doesn't compare blood orange is still tops yeah it's still tops all right chris rob y'all drinking anything i have got a diet cherry vanilla dr pepper Sitting here on the desk oh, next to me, Doctor Pepper is oh. gross. Ugh. God, it's the it is the drink of champions. Those who read drink. That's why you're still losing. diet cherry vanilla. Doctor Pepper. <laughs> Yuck! I am actually drinking sounds pretty a good. lemon propel mixed. You, so, with do you it. like regular Doctor Pepper, Rob? Um, it's too sweet. Um, I I I can't take the sweet in it anymore. Just because I don't drink uh, sugary drinks, besides. Diet cherry vanilla, Dr. Pepper. Okay. And the occasional Coke Zero. But the yeah, regular is just, it's like drinking syrup to me. So I don't, I don't drink that anymore. Dr. Pepper tastes like Tussin. <laughs> Chris, I heard you say you're drinking a Propel. What, what, which flavor? Yeah, I'm drinking a Propel, a lemon, uh, lemonade Propel mixed with a grape crystal light. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. So you're actually working out while you're doing the show. And we get a propel. Well, that's what I'm imagining. Right after we record. I'm, <laughs> so I am kind of getting the electrolytes in. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, let us get into the quick burns. 
Joanna uh, posted on Goodreads that the BSFA Awards shortlist for 2020 has been announced. The novel category shortlist is rather long because of a multiple tie for fifth place. Uh, so if again, you're looking for stuff to increase your reading list. Uh, these awards lists are always good. And this one's even larger. I love any list of books to read because anybody who reads enough, they you're always trying to find something different to read or something within your genre. Uh, and honestly, I'll probably point my wife in the direction of this because she'll probably pick up a couple books off of this list as well. Yeah. I, I mean, there's... Uh, Tiffany Angus, Threading the Labyrinth, Susanna Clark, Piranesi, M. John Harrison, The Sunken Land Begins to Rise Again, N.K. Jemison, The City We Became, Gareth L. Powell, Light of Impossible Stars, Kim Stanley Robinson, The Ministry for the Future, Nikhil Singh, Club Dead, Adrian Tchaikovsky, The Doors of Eden, Liz Williams, Comet Weather, and Nick Wood, Water Must Fall, because of the tie for fifth place uh, on this on this awards list. Uh, it's a long list. It's good stuff. That is the British Science Fiction uh, Association Awards. Trike pointed out that George R. R. Martin uh, is on board to produce Roger Zelazny's Roadmarks as a television series for HBO. Uh, Trike says, I read this when it came out in 1979, but I don't recall much about it. A time-traveling road trip, I think. What I do clearly recall is that the protagonist carried with him a book that was really a tiny AI. Today, we'd call it a smartphone. I think the book was a fake version of Leaves of Grass by Walt Whitman. Uh, why it needed a disguise, I don't remember. Probably if he's time traveling, maybe, I guess. It's funny when you go back and if you read books um, from a long time ago and things that were like, especially sci-fi, things that were like imaginary like back then or like dreaming something up. And like today you're like, yeah, we already have that. It's it's not as fantastic as it was described before because um, – I read a book um, called Business Adventures, totally not sci-fi related. Um, it was one of Bill Gates' uh, uh, top mm. pick books uh, to read. And you go back and you're listening to like uh, – you're talking about like Xerox and all those companies uh, back in the day, how they ran their businesses and just like certain terminology they're using. They did a thing on the Etzel and it's just – it's amazing to – you know that flashback and going back and learning the things that you really didn't understand about um, – that period of time. So yeah, I think anything like that is always cool. Yeah. Apparently according to the Gizmodo article here, uh, the road is a road through time that has turnoffs to particular times and places. So yeah, he's probably trying to hide. It reminds me of another book and I just can't remember the name of it where, um, there was a, uh, there was a road in a city and I believe it was, there were exit points in certain cities and, but you had to drive an American made car Oh. Um, and it had to be like an old fashioned car, but I cannot remember the book, but you, you'd skid through points in time. Um, man, I cannot remember that book, but it was such a fantastic read. Cool. Uh, I'll, if, while we're on the show, I'm going to figure yeah, out what that book no, was. It'll come to you. I know it will. Uh, Richard pointed out that James E. Gunn has passed away at the age of 97. Uh, he is known for his works, The Listeners and The Immortals. He was named a Grandmaster of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America in 2007, was inducted into the Science Fiction and Fantasy Hall of Fame in 2015, earned a Hugo Award for his critical study, Isaac Asimov, The Foundations of Science Fiction in 1983, and edited the new Encyclopedia of Science Fiction in 1988. I remember getting that as a Christmas present in 1988 as a matter of fact wow i didn't get it but i did read it i, I i've actually seen mm. that that, that, mm -hmm. that that book struck a chord with me i look at it this way 97 man that's a good life right there yeah right can't ask for okay. more 
finally, Trike pointed out that Redwall by Brian Jacques will be turned into an animated feature film and TV series by Netflix. Uh, it, it's an animated series based on the books from 1999 is already available on YouTube if you want to see what an animated series based on Redwall might look like, although I'm sure Netflix is going to do a very different uh, approach to this. But this is a, a kid series that is well-beloved, but I'm sadly unfamiliar with it myself. I'm not familiar with it either. I'm always up for a good Netflix series, though. I'll keep an eye out for that. All right, folks, the uh, the madness of March is upon us. Uh, we are almost into March, which means we are going to do our normal monthly tournament. Uh, you all, over the course of February, have suggested books for us to include. Uh, we got together by popular demand. Uh, our moderator, Rob, uh, was part of this process, uh, as was Veronica. And uh, we we settled on 16 books. Now, one of the things that happened midway through the month is everybody clamored for fantasy. So we picked, I think, entirely fantasy. It might be one sci-fi book in here, but the odds are we're going to get a fantasy book out of this. So if you suggested a sci-fi book that didn't make it into the tournament, that might be one of the reasons why. Uh, and uh, we, we seeded them up. And the way it works is uh, starting on February 25th, uh, you can go in and vote for what'll be eight different matches between books. The book that gets the most votes in the matchup moves on to the next round of the tournament and takes on another winning book until in four weeks, we've got our book pick for April. Uh, so uh, get over there and vote swordandlaser.com. Click on the March Madness link uh, or just go into Goodreads and, and look for the votes there as well. Uh, we've got a uh, top seed is Gods of Jade and Shadow. Uh, so... It's a, I don't, I don't know if you guys have, have seen the, any of the AP rankings or, you know, any of the betting lines for any of this stuff yet. Uh, but uh, go check it out, swordandlaser.com. All right, time to bear your sword. Our feedback from the audience. Terp Kristen said, I'm jealous of the kids that get to field trip to the Utz factory. I grew up in Maryland and we did all kinds of field trips to local things. Maryland Science Center, Baltimore Aquarium, Goddard Space Flight Center, many Smithsonian museums, Mount Vernon, et cetera, but never the Utz factory. Terp Kristen's jealous. Yeah, I don't know if that's something that's new or if it just happens to be um, because I live in Frederick County, Maryland, and I don't know if it's like the school districts here because when I grew up, I grew up in Montgomery County, which is a little south of where I'm at now, probably about roughly 20 miles south. And we didn't do that when I was a kid. So I don't know if that's just something that is either this time, mm -hmm. like th this day and age time, or if it just ha so happened to be only counties that are very close because they turned it into like I a... I almost remember a trip, field trip to the Utz Factory. Did your, I'm sure your daughter has gone, Chris. I don't think she's gone yet, but uh, I'm talking about when I, when I was growing up. I I don't know why I remember, or maybe they brought Utz down to uh, maybe I think that's what it was. They had an event, and then they, you know, Utz kind of sponsored it and brought a whole bunch of chips. It's still one of my, it's still my up in my top, you know, chip to eat. Yeah, I guess I don't. We don't appreciate. Uh, like I said, with my sister, she loves getting Utz potato chips where she's at now. So it's just one of those things that I, I don't even give it a second thought. It's just so funny how people. But you're not a you chip love them. connoisseur. Yeah. I am. And you got to get the crab chips as well. Oh, Chris, I love those. No, I do like I them, actually, a, believe it or not. I bought a box of Utz chips over the summer, and they didn't have the crab chips. It was just sour cream, barbecue, and regular. 
Oh, you let I, us know. We'll send you some crab chips. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, is this, a, is this an East Coast thing? Is, is this a Maryland thing? Because I don't know if I've ever heard of Utz potato chips. Before. All right. We'll send you a bag of Utz potato chips, crab chips as well. Don't break them. <laughs> don't do it. Sounds right. like I'm missing out. Yeah. They're, they are exceptionally uh, – it's just – if you – for people who love Maryland crabs, or if you just like the crab, like the seasoning, like the if old bay like seasoning, old it's, bay. All, it's old bay on chips, really. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. I ran into Utz when I was living out in Arlington, Virginia in like 1993. But the reason I ordered them this summer is because they were advertising on all the Major League Baseball games. Ah. Oh. And you just, yeah, I guess we're getting, baseball's getting ready to start back up. And I know that, I think I saw on like some phone, like some carriers are actually giving away MLB this year yeah, as like part of your uh, phone subscription. I think I saw. So. Yeah, T-Mobile does that every year. Yeah, I'm on. Oh, that's probably why I saw it is because I'm on T-Mobile this year. This is the yeah. my switch now. Oh, okay. Uh, we also got a Twitter review from Beth. Uh, and Beth, Beth, I think, had this technically before our last episode, and I, I just didn't see it uh, in time to get it in the lineup. So sorry for the delay, Beth, but we love Mitch and Beth's Twitter reviews. Here's Mitch and Beth fitting an entire review of a book onto a Twitter post for The Marrow Thieves by Cherie Dimeline. A great post-apocalyptic road story, only they avoid roads. Layered with the traumas and inspirations of reclaiming First Nation culture, there's personal and cultural loss and rediscovery. Now, I know y'all haven't read this book. Do you feel like you know know a little bit about the book from that? Not enough for me, but it it's okay. in, right. it sounds interesting enough where I'd say, yeah, I'll pop it up. I'll give it a read. Like that to me is enough where I'd say I'd That's read. the idea, right? Yeah. Yeah, you you guys are definitely wired differently than Chris and I. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to take a little more than that for me. <laughs> right. All right. Well, a Twitter review may may not be for everyone, but I think I think these are these are pretty great. I don't know, post-apocalyptic, you know, that's a good start right there though. Okay. All right. Let's get to our book of the month discussion. Uh, but before we do, next month, uh, we will be reading Elatsoe uh, by Darcy Little Badger. Uh, my guest host for the month of March will be Alex Brown, librarian, local historian, author, uh, tour and locust reviewer. Uh, she's going to join us for two episodes in March, and she has picked Elatsoe by Darcy Little Badger. You can find out more about it on the website uh, or in the Patreon in our, our book briefing. It's a young adult novel it involves traveling by mushroom uh i'm i'm pretty excited to read it i think i think this is going to be uh this is going to be an enjoyable one uh so go check that out a real life librarian <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I i can't wait to uh be able to sit down and chat with alex as well that's gonna be yeah, fun that's awesome all right they let's still talk use the dewey about... decimal system <laughs> i don't think they use dewey decimal anymore i think it's library of congress no, that's all but i remember we'll find out all right. <laughs> She'll be like, yeah, I'm tired of that question. Uh, all right, let's talk about The Fold uh, by Peter Klein's uh, contrasting views out there. Uh, I picked a couple of representative samples. Ruth said, I did not finish this. Uh, she said, I DNF'd it pretty quickly as I just found the characters flat and the story uninteresting. Reading the spoiler protected stuff above, I'm cl- glad I quite quit when I did, as I think I'd have found it all really annoying, especially the nerd guy gets the cheerleader thing, which is a trope I hate. Lisa, on the other hand, said, I enjoyed the story. It was fast paced, funny and nutty, light, weird fiction, just what I needed. Terp Kristen added, I don't need every book to be unique. I don't need it to be special. I need it to be engaging and lately not depressing. I enjoyed the romp. Perfect. No, 
but a fun read. So we are going to be spoilery. Uh, so if you haven't read The Fold, or if you're like Chris you, and, and you don't mind being spoiled, uh, you, you make your choice now because we're going to spoil The Fold uh, by Peter Kleins. Uh, Rob and Rod and I are now going to try to convince Chris uh, to read The Fold by Peter Kleins. Uh, Rod, so was this a reread for you? I can't remember. Yeah, so I read it oof, uh, probably around the time it came out. And then for me, I did a reread on it. I, I did want to comment on, I, I love the feedback, just so you know, like, I like reviews, good or bad, um, mm-hmm. when people like, eh, this book wasn't for me. And again, Rob actually had relative consistency. He said the book felt like it split in two. Um, like the last little section of the book, probably the last 100 pages, he felt split in two. So um, I, I just enjoyed the book because it was, take my mind out and go with something. I didn't really get the whole guy gets a cheerleader thing but now now that i think about it i'm like yeah i guess that is true <laughs> so um but yeah for me totally a reread uh of something just uh i could have picked probably 400 books but i thought this was a a good book and i also liked um i guess 14 which is a complimentary book to it which is i guess technically the series part right right so so rob i, I feel like maybe you and i had a similar uh a, a, a appreciation of of this because I, when we talked last week was halfway through and was loving it and got to this point where like crazy stuff was happening and I was way in and it was a page turner. Then you go through the portal into Lovecraft land and, uh, not Lovecraft country, <laughs> just a desolate yeah. place with a big flying monster. And, uh, I'm not saying it, it, it that I liked the book, uh, that I didn't like the book after that, but it, it definitely changed tempo. Right. So we we can do spoilers now, right? So, yeah, yeah. We're full spoiler now. Um, I think it was the first 40, 41 chapters or whatever. I am really enjoying this. It's like, okay, I'm trying to figure it out. Where is this going to go? And then all of a sudden, it just hit me with like John Carter. And it's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whoa, what what happened here? To the point to where I had to actually stop, um, wait a couple of days, come back. And then re reread it, you know, reread a couple chapters again. Okay, no, this is actually happening, and it's you know, and it's and it's a different book. Now, I still enjoyed it um, because honestly, the last third of the book is the type of movies that I enjoy watching. So, so, so I okay. did get something out of that, but it it it, de- it did seem like it was you know you know um, was it Peter Klein's that wrote this? It's like mm-hmm. it's like he wrote it and then like okay, I'm going to sit this down and came back to it ten years later and just had some different ideas and finished it up. And, uh, so it was, you know, so it was a little, it was a little different for me simply because it was, it was literally two stories. And I told Rod this earlier today, I actually kind of liked the ending. I I really wanted more to happen at the end. I, you know, I kind of, what did I, I say, Rod? It's like, leader and the guy went. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I, are they becoming men in black now? Is that, is that where this is going to go? Because that's, that's what it kind of seemed like. It is like, ah, oh, no, we're just going to go ahead and end it right here. So, so what, so the thing I loved about the book, um, for me, and, and again, it, I don't want to say it's easy for me to like a book, but I love the character. Like many of us would say, I would love to have that level of memory, but then as he's unfolding throughout the book and explaining, like, you know, I don't want to say showing off like his level of memory, but people are questioning. You cannot have a photographic memory. And he could say he can recite the clothes that you were wearing, the tie you were wearing, where he saw, what magazine he saw that in. 
is like you're like realizing that level of memory, but then he talks about someone dying and it's like I get I relive that over and over and it's as clear you know, a year from now, three years from now, as it was the moment I had to experience that. And then it's that one moment that you're like, this probably isn't a really good talent to have of being able to have that level of crystal clear memory of stuff. But um, like that was, I I loved how that, it wasn't just one thing that they said in the book and you got it and it's like, all right, well, moving on with that, we're never going to talk about it again. It was something that was redemonstrated all the way throughout the book um, to talk just about um, that that type of memory and those types of, and it's to show that you can solve any problems. It's like, sometimes it comes down to the details and like how, how much you can pay attention. Cause you had all these scientists who are super smart, but um, they were so they can, well, they couldn't figure it out for a very good reason because they weren't who they thought they were. Um, so that, that's what I loved about the book. And most people around couldn't pick up on what was actually happening inside of the book, which was so cool. That's what I liked is it was one of those. I didn't see that coming. Um, and it threw me for a loop when it was finally uh, turned over where you're like, oh, crap, I should have seen that. <laughs> yeah, I I started to pick up on the idea that uh, as soon as they introduced the idea that maybe something came through that wasn't the same thing, uh, which which is pretty early on, right? When you have, I think it's Olaf who's like, you moved my office. Uh, and, and they're like, no, we didn't. I'm like, okay. So he's an alternate Olaf. He's coming from another world. Like I started to pick up on that. Uh, but I was having fun looking for the signs. It sounds like some folks in the audience were annoyed because they're like, well, I knew it was an alternate universe the whole whole time and now I'm bored. Uh, so it's just it kind of how you approach it. Like I approached it as as a fun, like, okay, reveal to me, I- am I right? Uh, is that what's going on here? I think the other thing people were were picking on was was the idea of of our main character being so smart. Uh, so there's, you know, there's the phrase, he's Mary Sue, uh, can't do anything wrong. Smartest p- person on earth, never makes a mistake, doesn't have a flaw. I didn't feel like he was flawless. But then when, when people pointed that out, I was trying to decide like, okay, what was his flaw other than lack of confidence? Yeah. I think there was, you know, a point in his life when he decided that I'm just not going to read everything. Mm. Um, the stuff I know, I know, but I'm not particularly interested in just finding out everything. I think he said it was around 13 years old is when he made a decision to just stop reading everything he could get his hands on. Um, just so he could kind of, you know, be there in the moment um, in, in, in conversations. And if you also think of his, of his career choice, um, you know, he didn't, you know, this is arguably one of the smartest people because of his photographic memory, you know, one of the smartest people on the planet decided to be a high school teacher and truly enjoyed being a high school teacher. It took years for, you know, for his good friend to convince him to go do something different. I guess that just bugged people that they're like, yeah, but he shouldn't have, he should have just been the smartest person on earth. But then that would have been a boring story. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But think about how many times you hear of, you know, people who are super brilliant, but it wasn't the pursuit they wanted to go in life. It's almost like, um, God, what was that book, that movie with Matt Damon where he was super smart mathematic wise and he was cleaning floors? Goodwill Downing. Goodwill Good Hunting, yeah, yeah. Hunting. Hunting. Yeah. Goodwill Hunting. I was like, that hunting. didn't sound right. Yeah. Will Downing's like- the singer. I'm sorry. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. Yes. <laughs> I was like, why does that sound familiar? Okay. Goodwill yeah, Hunting. So like Goodwill Hunting. It, it was kind of like this guy who's, you know, he's solving problems at night. It was like kind of like a different story. And that's what I liked about it is that he was happy with his life the way it was. And in part, the reason why he didn't want to do many of the things that people would say, if you had that, why would you not want to use it? 
there are many people who have like incredible talents and don't want to use them. Um, if you put the analogy, like I was listening to people talk about uh, Johnny Menzel as a football player, the guy just didn't want to play football. He didn't care. It, regardless of the level of talent he had and the ability he had, where most people would say, if I could only play NFL football, I would love to do that. This guy just flushed it down the toilet because it just, he never want, never cared. Um, and that was just somebody who's just like, I have this, but I don't care. That's not, it's not going to define me and what I want to be in life. I just, I want a normal, simple, regular life. Um, but I, I, um, I'll give people credit. Like, yeah, when you're looking at it, I tend not to read, um, anything about a book before I'm going to go in other than someone saying, Tom says, read this book. Okay, good. I, I started the expanse. I had no idea what I was going to be getting into. I'm well into the book now. Um, I haven't picked it up for a couple of weeks or about, yeah, I guess since about a week now I haven't picked it up, but I had no idea what I was walking into. So okay. I'm not, I wasn't looking for little signals in the book. And I think if you, some people like to read a little bit about the book to pick up. But to me, I, when people said I saw this ultimate uh, alternate dimension, I did not see that coming. And I, I look back at the book and I'm like, how did I not see this? <laughs> I'm, I'm funny when it comes to that stuff in, in, in movies and I guess books, but uh, like if I have, if I care and I have the the twist ruined for me by somebody else, then I can't enjoy the movie. Mm. But if I figure it out along the way, um, it's fifty fifty. Like so, like like Tom said, um, you know, I can get bored because I already figured out what's going on. But sometimes I can, like he also said, which is I can figure out what's going on, but then enjoy the ride, knowing what what what's happening. So kind of it just depends on the rest of the the build of the story. Because it wasn't like he was overpowered, right? Like he still couldn't turn off the rings, even though he had this great memory. Yeah. And I think it was also the, like, um, he never went through the door. Mm. And you imagine if he would have went through the door, he would have been probably as crippled to the entire situation as everyone else. But that one thing is that everybody who wasn't able to pick up on what was going on, they all had one thing in common, which means they probably could have all solved the problem, but they all went through the door. So they mm-hmm. were they were all somebody different, which made that interesting uh, in it. And like the like the like I say, it's just it's the little things uh, that were happening. Like they never all picked up on the fact because they made a a point to say that they tried to send um, I think it was a, a a stopwatch or a clock through, and that didn't work. People worked. But for some reason, they said like they had a flaw when they tried to send a clock through. Right. Um, right. Which was like, man, was that not a telling sign for you guys? I to forgot pick up about on that. It. But you're right. I, now I yeah. know why. Yeah. <laughs> that right. should have been another clue. You're right. Yeah. It was a it was a huge clue. But like I say, when I first read it, I missed it. By reading it again, I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, why didn't I like dig into like that? Why is that that like a timer? It was a timer. A timer wouldn't go through, but other things would flow through just fine. So I almost feel like if he had gone through, he would have immediately because of his memory noticed. Ah, uh, yeah. That's, I, I was thinking the same thing. It's like, if he would have, th- this book would have been about a hundred pages long. If he would have gone through simply because <laughs> as soon as he, you know, emerged on the other side, he would have, you know, after thinking about, wait, this is different. This is different. So- something is off here. So he would have realized something, you know, was off or and, he would have been could he have come through but not had the same level of like memory that he had in like one of the alternate universes maybe he wasn't didn't have that memory 
Well, with him being the the main character, if he would have gone through, the story would have still been focused on him unless they would have just did a complete shift. So from his perspective, he would have noticed the differences simply because he showed up in a universe that wasn't his own. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the the way this book went is that by the I think the author thought, well, you know what? At this point, everybody now realizes that people are going to alternate universes and being replaced with other people from alternate universes. It's not an actual portal for for you know for traveling. I think once he said, okay, everybody now understands that. Let's just start a new book and let's put monsters and explosions and fighting and flying you know uh, you know flying i don't know what you would call them but flying beasts yeah. that have thousand foot wingspans i mean it, it really went different yes. once you know w- once it was clear what was going on in this story yeah it reminds me of if you've ever read the book uh i think it's called the seven eves that book oh, yeah. was neil stevenson yeah yeah one book and then all of a sudden they're repopulating or like a planet, the planet. And you're like, what in the hell just happened? Like, I mean, honestly, it's like the book just, I mean, one, it's tremendously long, but it really just pivoted and changed. And I forgot about that change when I read it until I read it the second time through. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I thought the book ended like a while ago. Oh, so I fine. think part in your memory, you remember, like you'll remember up to that point where everything kind of went crazy. And it wasn't until um, I read it the second time through and I'm like, I don't even remember some of this part, this part of the book. So, which is really funny. So Tom question for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, you know, at the end of the book, um, you know, you know, once pretty much everything is resolved and the two people get out of the Tesla and walk up and have the conversation. Is it just me or was like, okay, I'm really interested in who are those folks? What do they do? And you know, and how do they know all this stuff that has gone on? It seems to me like there was a, another 15 or 20 chapters that probably should have been there to, to explain that. I felt like it kind of just stopped without resolving that part of the book or would that yeah. have made it too long? I- that, that felt like on the one hand it served as uh, if you wanted to know what he was going to do now, it was go work for these folks, <laughs> whoever they are. Uh, and two, uh, you may have realized that this is one in a series of books set in the same universe. Perhaps you'll meet these people again in another Peter Klein's book someday. Like, that's exactly I know, what God, I felt like. You know that for sure, but that's definitely the way it felt to me. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that coming. And so, it's not in any of the books that you've read by him. No, I mean I've only read fourteen in the fold, and I think it was. Okay. Terminus or something like that, which I never really got through. I didn't really think it was one of his, I didn't, didn't think it was really well written. So I didn't read the rest of that one, but 14 in the fold, I got through just fine. But yeah, Rob, I was the same way. I was like, okay, these two are real interesting. Which book do I get to find out what's up with them? Jenny from reading envy, uh, pointed out that with the narrator having such a photographic memory, uh, why is hair described as brown, not like a specific Pantone shade, like 19, 12, 28. Surely at some point he's read a paint sample catalog or a crayon wrapper. <laughs> That's funny. I think part of it is that he probably worked very hard on being able to just blend in with people mm-hmm. and kind of understood what, you know what, this, I don't need to say this. Um, this is not necessary to say because I'm going to sound like a know-it-all because I do know it all. So I think part of it is that he dumbing down is not the not the right words, but mm. I think sometimes he just I don't need to go into any more depth. You got what I was saying, and he just kind of moves on. 
But even in his own head, when he's thinking about something, I don't know. You're probably right, though. There were points in time, even I think when like they were talking about cartoons, he's like, do you remember this cartoon when Wile E. Coyote did something? Or I forget what characters they were referencing. And he's like, actually, it wasn't in that particular episode. It was in this. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Could you imagine, actually... If every day, if every day you had to live with somebody who had that level of memory, where because oh, yeah. we're all you usually partially wrong about our memory of how we're describing something, and there, and just to have someone who didn't know how to turn it off and would always, nope, you're wrong again. Let me explain to you what how it really happened. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to strangle you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And it's like you know to argue with this person, it just it would be so infuriating because they remember everything exactly like it happened. Yeah. And, you know, most humans don't remember that way. It's like, you know, you will put stuff in, you will take stuff out. Um, and he never forgets. So, yeah, that that probably would make having relationships quite difficult simply because you don't forget anything. Yeah. I'm still not sure I I, uh, I liked the the monster movie that it became towards the end. Uh, I, I didn't hate it, but it was I was really enjoying the the more mystery oriented, memory oriented stuff of uh, you know tracking down what was really going on, and even when we kind of knew what was going on, why was it going on? Uh, and instead of getting an explanation on the other end of the rings, we got sort of a like, yeah, there's monsters that eat the world on the other end of the rings. You really just need to blow it up. And you still don't know if that's what they were. It was just the assumption that that's yeah. what they are. Yeah. So, and then, you know, there were parts that was, okay, so wait a minute. These 15 highly trained Marines all get killed, but somehow you guys are able to survive <laughs> this. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that does go back to that whole Mary Sue thing a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like that That part, it, it didn't sit well with me. It's like, so wait a minute. It's like the guy with the M60, if if I, if, if I know, you know, I think that's what he probably had. He didn't make it. But you that were unarmed were somehow <laughs> able to come through this. Um, yeah, that that was, okay. Um, I think that's when I turned the speed up to about 2.4. Just, just, just get past that as quickly as I could. Well, it's funny, like uh, my... My um my second son he doesn't like to read science fiction which just annoys me to no end, <laughs> but his his thing is he like he would rather like he is a Neil deGrasse Tyson like loves that guy so anything that's in astrophysics he he'll he loves and will devour he's like because I feel that can help me in life but this doesn't help me, um and it's like as Rob is describing like uh, you know I get to this section of the book and I kind of turn it up just because I want to get past it I'm like but my son is the same kid who can sit down and watch the flash and enjoy it. I'm like, seriously, like you, we already both know that nobody can run that fast, but yet this is interesting to you to watch on TV. And I don't understand how the two don't relate to you where you could enjoy sci-fi and mm-hmm. watch the flash or Supergirl and appreciate it. It's crazy, but yeah, I see where you're yeah, going. Flash storyline is actually pretty good though. Oh, it's a great storyline. I'll sit down with my kids and I'll watch it with them as well yeah, my daughter uh, when they have it. it on. But it is funny that someone could be uh, such opposite ends when it comes to i won't read the book but i will watch like actually i guess that's you well, Rob, it's and chris it's work to read the books so if you're gonna work you better get something out of it i don't know maybe that's something like that right so so tom i don't know if i've ever told you this rod and i talk about it all the time but i actually have dyslexia so mm-hmm. reading takes effort it is it is actually mentally draining for me to read and rod will always talk about you know one of the best ways to relax is just sit down curl up with a book and it's <laughs> like no i can't relax mm-hmm. uh i you know i have to truly focus on what it is that i'm reading so because of that um i'm not a big fan of science fiction 
um, or really fiction in general. You know, usually when I want to spend the mental energy to read books, I, I want to get something out of it. So yeah, I'm yeah. more on the nonfiction end because it's like, okay, I, I, I'm reading a biography of someone or I'm reading about, you know, a, a, you know, a, something that's going to ultimately help me, you know, with investing or something like that that's going mm-hmm. to ultimately better my life. And that's kind of how I'm wired. Whereas when it's when it comes to watching a movie, um, if it's got explosions and car chases and, you know, and senseless fighting, there's no effort expended to watch <laughs> that. And that actually relaxes me. So yeah, um, yeah. that's just, it, just kind of how my mind works. I'm, I'm kind of the same way from a different perspective, but uh, I can't turn my brain off to, re- to read. So the only time I can read something and, and uh, enjoy it is if I'm learning something. So just like Rob said, but just a different perspective with the same thing. So even when I watch movies, I, you know, I'm thinking about, I've got to build this. I got to, you know, do this. I get, oh, I could have played this game a little bit better. You know, I, I just can't turn my brain off to do it. And I've tried and I'll, I'll keep trying. It's just got to be something super grabby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the reasons, because when I was younger, I felt that way. Like, well, if I'm going to spend time reading, I should, I should be reading nonfiction and learning and and all that. And I think one of the reasons I was attracted to science fiction was a lot of times you would get learning from it. Like if if the science fiction author was really good, they would be introducing concepts or theories or, or, or things that I, I could at least tell myself, you know, like, Oh, well now, now you know a little bit about, uh, alternate universe theory or, or physics or, or this or that. So I, I sort of rationalized it that way, but, uh, there, there is, that is interesting. The, the idea of, of, if you don't naturally get pleasure out of reading, which I think a large part of our audience does, then it's a different relationship. Yeah, I would agree. See, now I feel like I have to come back and redeem myself with another book like Mansion, or I, and of course, there's <laughs> always something someone doesn't like you did you like recommend. Yeah, no, but, that's uh, that's a fool's errand. You'll you'll know you'll never please the entire audience. <laughs> <laughs> you will never win. <laughs> so w- one thing I did notice uh, and recognize about this book that is different than a lot of the science fiction that I actually have read was that you did not have to have an encyclopedia and a thesaurus mm. sitting next to you sure. to follow and understand. And it was still a high level concept, right? But just high level concept, but they explained things, you know, pretty well. You know, it, you know, it, it made sense without you having to have advanced degrees in physics and chemistry to understand what was going on. And that actually helped me enjoy the book a little bit more because once again, it's like for me, a lot of times with reading this stuff, there's mental stress when the words get 15 characters long. So, um, you know, it's, you know, that part, at least in the first two thirds of the book, I actually really enjoyed that. It's like, okay, this is, this is really a sci-fi book. I mean, it's definitely sci-fi, but it's, it's not so highbrow that you, you know, you really, what was that word? Let me, let, let me read it again. I couldn't just skim it. I didn't recognize mm-hmm, it from a pattern mm-hmm. match. I had to actually go sound that word out. Oh, okay. This is what they said. Um, I didn't get that with this book. Now, granted, I listened to it, but if I would have read it, I'm, I'm sure I would have, you know, come, uh, you know, with the same uh, perspective, maybe even more so. Yeah. Even with audiobooks, sometimes I, I will have to stop and rewind to be like, wait, hold on. Let me, let me wrap my head around that. And I, I, I didn't with this uh, either. Well, Chris, uh, we, we, we let you talk once to tell us how you don't like to know too much about a book ahead of time or else you don't enjoy it. So now that we've told you everything about the book, do you think you might enjoy it? I So the, there are some interesting twists that you guys talked about 
And uh, it's possible. I don't think I would read it, but I may do an audio book. Ah, yeah, audio book. I, I think, Rob, you'll back me up on this. It's a pretty good performance, too. It really is. Um, the, the voice actor, I can't remember his name. He, he, he definitely did it uh, because he did all the voices. And you really felt like it was different characters when he was doing different voices. So I, I did enjoy that part of it as well. Yeah, it's possible I may go that route. And honestly, signing up for an Audible subscription, uh, you get like your first first book free. So this, I, I can definitely give you some other books that are really good. And I did speak wrong earlier when I said Paradox Bound was that book that I couldn't remember um, that ah, okay. uh, had, with the time travel piece. Um, but uh, it was Terminus was the other book he had that I couldn't get through. So gotcha, gotcha. Uh, narrated by Ray Porter uh, for for the Audible. I think it's one of those Audible exclusives too. So if, yeah. if you're not into Audible, you're not going to be able to find it. Uh, but if you are, it's there waiting for you. Uh, any other last thoughts on this before we finish up? I like I I generally liked it. It it you know it got rough there and you know about two thirds of the way in it redeemed itself. I think a little bit at the end. But uh, you know I generally did like this book. I definitely had a good time. Until the monster showed up and then, <laughs> then I wasn't, I, I don't want that to sound like, and then I hated it. Uh, then I was just a little confused for a minute or two till I figured out like, Oh, we're doing a Lovecraft thing. Okay. And then I, I didn't love that as much, but it was all right. And then we came back and, and, you know, we got the intriguing FBI types, uh, there at the end with the off the rack suits, uh, and all of that. So yeah, I, I overall enjoy, enjoyed it. I had a good time. Uh, I think cool. trike called it like like a monster movie not that it is a monster plot but like it's enjoyable like a monster movie you're just along for the ride and i i definitely agree i had a good it was a good ride for me awesome well i'm glad when we got to stop in and do the show with you and uh let veronica enjoy some more time with her baby uh which is honestly these times are i think every both well, i know rob has kids so i know that 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 early time chris is so nice to be able to be at home with the kids. Mm-hmm. So hopefully she's Definitely. enjoying her, her uh, maternity leave and the time off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she, she misses you all. Uh, we're, we're already talking about when she's going to come back. Uh, so she's, she's definitely uh, going to be here uh, at some point. We'll let you know for sure when we've nailed it down. If you all would like to enjoy more of Rod and Rob and Chris, uh, check out the SMR podcast. Uh, where should they go to find that? Uh, just head over to SMR. Uh, podcast or yeah, smrpodcast.com. Wow. I couldn't believe I brain freezed on that for a second, but head over to smrpodcast.com or just um, wherever you get your podcast from. So Stitcher, uh, Google play or iTunes, and you can just look up smrpodcast.com and you'll see us there. And like I say, we record every Wednesday. So lots of fun. Our show here is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you to all the folks who back our show. If you'd like to support the show that way, head to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Thank you, Rod, uh, for filling in, man. It was a pleasure. My pleasure. No, it was really great. It was nice to finally get to do a show with you. And Rob and Chris, uh, thank you guys for for joining in for this. It was really fun. Hey, thanks for letting me hang out with you guys. I was like, I ain't read the book, but I'm definitely going to listen in. I've never been to a book club. (laughs) <laughs> I can say I actually enjoyed listening to this on Audible. So um, you'll probably get me to listen to another one. Nice. You can also support Sword and Laser by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. We will talk to you again next time with Alex.
This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.